If your internal perfectionist is taskmastering you to death, then please listen today. I'm going to introduce you to a new perspective, a new way of seeing your perfectionist so you can finally catch your breath. And I'm going to share with you one phrase I'm experimenting with to help you ease the weight of the superhuman expectations that we hold for ourselves. Sound good? All right, then let's get this party started. It's Vicki Smith. Welcome to Power to the Pleasers podcast. Want to start doing things on your terms and finally feel confident just being yourself in relationships? Well, you've landed in the right place. Here we break down your people-pleasing and perfectionistic patterns so you can move from being polite and doing it right to showing up, speaking up, and even laughing it up with people. Not sure it's possible? Well, stick around, friend. I'll show you how. Hey, everybody. I hope you're well. I am laughing at myself because I I usually do this around this time, like mid-February. I kind of look back over where I was the beginning of January, like super pumped about making changes and ready to tackle a bunch of stuff. And I usually find myself matching where I currently am up to the high standards. I left unchecked and sort of... <laughs> forgot that I had when January rolled around and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to make this change. Like I totally forget I have super high standards for myself. So today I wanted to focus in on that. And I, uh, so this is kind of a, a love, a love podcast, a love episode for my perfectionists, my fellow perfect people out there. And I know we've been talking about relationships and friendships specifically and, doing a little more focusing on ourselves in the arena of relationships. And I feel like high standards shows up there as well. We have high standards for ourselves and we have high standards for our relationships. So, you know, whether we're looking at ourselves and we're thinking that we need to be like this type of friend or partner or sibling, or we're looking at the people in our circle and we're feeling disappointed because we aren't getting what we need from them. Either side, high standards, mm, they usually kind of squeeze the life out of us, don't they? So perfectionism, yeah, perfectionism is directly tied to high standards, if that isn't a no-duh statement. But I'm going to go into that today a little more. So in a perfectionist's world, there is a right way to do things. And we live by rules that are rigid. (laughs) And we aren't really into admitting mistakes or missteps. So when you look at a perfectionist world, it feels kind of tight. It feels a little bit like, oh my God, you are a control freak. (laughs) And sometimes we say that to ourselves, like, I I can't believe that I'm so adamant about having it done my way because it feels like my way is the right way. Uh, Case in point, how my husband likes to load the dishwasher. I could give a crap about how the dishwasher is loaded. I just trust that we paid for this machine to clean the food and sanitize everything. And so just get it in there. And he is like, 
it's a puzzle and he has to rearrange it. So yes, that is his way of doing it. It is the right way of doing it and kind of the only way of doing it. And I call him a control freak, but I'm also kind of control freaking (laughs) in other areas of my life too. So even though at first glance, it can seem like we're super controlling, I really beg to differ because I don't think that we are solely motivated by control as perfectionists. I think we're motivated to avoid vulnerability. And that's one of the reasons why we we become perfectionists. And really every human being is wired to avoid weakness. In other words, vulnerability. So this just happens to be our particular way of keeping that smackdown of shame and embarrassment from being our reality. We just choose to do things right and have rules and be rigid. Those are my R's. So we we simply lean towards things like achievement and productivity and completing tasks and figuring out things and fixing things. We lean towards those as a way of managing our world. And if we feel like the world is managed, we will feel less embarrassment or shame or vulnerability. So even though it looks like we're trying to control the outside world, really, we are trying to control the inside world. Because so, so, so much happens in our minds, right? What we believe will help us feel calm and grounded and connected comes from our thoughts and how we make sense of the world, which not only includes the traffic that we get caught on on the way home from work, but also relationships we're in. So our minds try as hard as they can to create a feeling of self-worth. Our minds also try to create our calm, a sense of calm inside. And that is likely the polar opposite of what's actually happening in our minds at any given moment. Because the thing is, it is fairly relentless inside our minds, right? Especially when our attempt at perfect doesn't produce what we hoped it would. (laughs) We can start a spin in our mind and it is relentless. It's kind of like a game of Frogger in our minds. That is an early Atari game for you younger folks. Look it up. It was a it was a cool game, okay? It's where a frog tries to get across a rushing river or a busy street without being flattened. And all of the fast cars and all the snapping crocodiles that we have to maneuver around in our life and all the ways that we kind of blow things out of proportion with our minds and we have this idea of how it should be, our kind of perfectionistic tendencies, well, all of those things have an accumulated effect on us. How can they not? So recently I started looking under the hood a little more and noticing just how pervasive and nuanced my perfectionism is. And also the accumulated effect perfectionism has on me. And I'm kind of exhausted by it. I think about perfectionism as death by a thousand paper cuts. I know for sure 
that these paper cuts take a toll on our nervous system and our physical bodies in general. Our systems, when we're in this perfectionistic place and our minds are assessing and trying to keep us from being vulnerable, our systems don't really know how to power down from that. And our emotions, because they follow our minds and our body sensations follow our minds, we can just be tossed around, like kind of jerked around by whether our minds go into the past or the future, analyzing something from the past or trying to prepare and anticipate something for the future. We get really lost there. And the nugget of truth of this is that we are in constant motion in our minds. We're always trying to process something. And that means we end up waking up with leftovers on our to-do list. And when we start a day without a clean slate and we just keep adding to it, imagine what that does for us, right? We don't ever really feel rested and we don't feel like we can turn off. The perfectionist inside is always on to the next thing when something's crossed off the list. And if you're like me, that translates into never really celebrating my wins and never really getting the release of completing something. (laughs) And Netflix, wine, shopping. Don't I love to scroll some at nighttime when I'm laying in bed and just add to my cart. (laughs) I never really buy them. I just like to window shop online. All that stuff, it might knock off a few percentage points from our stress, but mm -mm, not true letting it all down for the day. It just, it doesn't allow us to sit back and just know that we're off duty. We clocked out and we're, we're proud and appreciative of what we did that day. And yeah, we can just sit back in our chair and enjoy that was a good hard day's work. I feel good. The effect of perfectionism, as overt as it may look, really does go unchecked for so many of us. We're just used to it. We don't ever really sit back and know that we're off duty. We turn to the wine or the Netflix to try to find a little escape but we never really release our stress. We never really let the mind just power down, slow down. So we're so used to this perfectionism as a default setting, it really does go unchecked. That's part of what I want to do in this episode is I want us to bring some attention to the perfectionist part of us. And I want to ask, like, what if we approach this whole perfectionism thing differently? What if we learned how to help our perfectionist relax back a little? Okay, well, I've got something. So here it is. I'm going to put it out there to you. I want you to pan back and look at your perfectionism in this way. It is part of your personality. It is a part of your inner advisory council. (laughs) 
those voices that you continually hear just popping in and making comments all day long as you go through your experiences. I like to call it the inner advisory council. Some people like to think of it as an inner board of directors and the perfectionist part is a member of that board. Either way you like to look at it, these are parts of your personality. They're parts of you. Parts of you that make all the decisions about how things need to be and should be. And this perfectionistic board member has likely taken a leadership position, especially if you identify with things like doing it right, having rules, and being slightly rigid. This perfectionism board member really likes to put in its two cents. (laughs) But it's also commenting all the time for a reason. Because it has a job. It has a role to fill in your inner advisory council. That is, it's there to find calm. It's there to find grounding, centeredness. It's there in hopes of finding worthiness. It wants to steer clear from criticism, rejection, and judgment. And it can show up as a taskmaster who's always on to the next thing and never wants you to take any breaks. It can show up as an inner quality control manager. It's basically a built-in commentator that is just going, yep, this thing you're doing right now, I have a comment about it. (laughs) Everything we do and see and feel and think, this inner commentator (laughs) commentator, assesses everything. Now, this is weird, but I actually believe this. And as I've been looking at myself a little bit more, I'm believing it even more. The outside world, as wonky as it is, is almost, almost more forgiving towards your effort than your internal world is. I know that's odd because the outer world has a ton of shoulds, right? And cultural society and all the things that we should look like and should be doing and should be driving and should be eating. (laughs) But man, if your inner world, if your inner boardroom, board of directors has a perfectionistic part sitting at the table, then the inner world is a lot less forgiving. So I've noticed one thing that throws my perfectionism into overdrive, and that is comparison. We compare our insides to other people's outsides. Now, I didn't make that up. I stole it from the 12-step folks, but it is spot on. Now, comparison isn't a bad thing, really. I mean, it shows us our goals, our desires, our wants, because the things we see in others that we say to ourselves, you know what, that person has happiness, that person has peace, that person has self-worth. We see those things in other people and we believe that by achieving something, 
by emulating them that we're going to feel just as satisfied and confident as we think they do. And when we feel satisfied and confident, we believe that we can finally turn off and rest. So when we're comparing ourselves to the other person, what we're really saying is, I do want what they have, but I want what I think the other person feels. I want what I think that thing that they have has made them feel. And I believe it's made them feel confident and calm and satisfied and happy and peaceful and worthy. (laughs) And I want all that. So comparison is a big trap. And especially for perfectionists. So comparison, even though at this point in the game, I think we all know that social media is curated AF we still have the thought that slips in and says, you know what, that thing that that person has, that is not happening to me. So that must mean something is wrong with me because I don't have that. And I need it and I need it quickly. Because remember, we're trying to get relief. Our mind isn't stopping. It's not resting. It's taking our emotions and our body sensations for a ride with it. And it's kind of coming from that perfectionistic commentator all the time, thinking, looking, trying, hustling, working. And if you aren't aware of your inner critic, like your inner perfectionism, then you're going to take that hit of that comparison and you're going to feel that sting of not good enough. And you're going to get caught in this hope that the sting (laughs) of not good enough is going to motivate you towards whatever thing that person already has. And it won't. At least it hasn't for me. It hasn't motivated me. Perfectionism and comparison one little trap of perfectionism, it hasn't motivated me. I'm still staring at my to-do list, feeling tired and upset with myself that I haven't figured out how to get to the bottom of the list so I can finally feel rest, release, and good enough. So as I've been looking under the hood at my perfectionism, I feel like it's time to bring in some sneaky kindness, (laughs) and point it towards this hardworking perfectionism part. And I want to share that sneaky kindness skill set with you. So first, I want you to factor in that this part of you will never quit its job. It's dedicated to helping you not feel bad and feel things like rejection. So stop being surprised that it's around and contributing to the inner conversation as your board members sit around discussing how life is going. Second, we're going to take a new approach to our perfectionism, and that is going to be in the form of forgiveness. We live with so many resentments towards ourselves and towards others, but self-resentments Those come as a result of the constant 
assessing of our lives from our perfectionist perspective. And according to this perfectionist, we just never get it right. Even though there are rules and there are guidelines, and as hard as we try, we might never get it right. So just for a reality check here, when has your perfectionism ever gotten you to actually complete your to-do list? (laughs) Mine hasn't. It just keeps adding tangents off of every to-do list item. And before you know it, it looks like a family tree from a hundred years ago. Too many branches, too many things to do. If we're using that completed to-do list as a scorecard, then we're never going to feel the release. We're going to be forever caught and not getting it right. And this is a little weird to say as well, but this poor perfectionist part, because we never get it right, it's always up in arms. It's always scurrying around believing that there are fires and urgency and more, 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 more to do. And if we don't, we'll feel the wrath of judgment. And when I said poor perfectionist part, I really meant it. Because can you imagine if your job as a perfectionist is to keep, let's say, a business, like an actual brick and mortar business from losing money and that every decision that comes across the business owner's desk has to be analyzed and scrutinized and Monday morning quarterbacked and in this part of of the business team is the one responsible for doing all of that can you imagine that that's your job because at some point you're going to make the wrong business decision and you're going to lose money and this perfectionistic part is going to be like i tried my hardest and i still couldn't get there can you imagine because That's actually what happens. That's what your perfectionist job is. All the moving parts this part has to keep up with and all at once for us, just so that we don't feel bad about something, don't feel less than or behind or wrong. It's too much. So the sneaky kindness that comes in in the form of forgiveness can be like Neosporin, (laughs) like to a constantly scraped up knee. It's soothing. And here's what kindness in the form of forgiveness looks like. At the end of the day, you make amends to yourself. You acknowledge that it was hard to be human that day. And that some of that struggle that was created by us, (laughs) some of that struggle I created because I saw the world through my perfectionist part's eyes, And all the struggle that I created because what I saw was what was missing and what I didn't hit the mark on or things that still need to be taken care of or finished or made better. I want you to notice that is the struggle. That's the residue of your day. And to acknowledge at the end of your day that 
it's hard. It's hard to be human and it's hard to see the world through a perfectionist's eyes. So say to your perfectionist inside, I wish to forgive you. I wish to recognize that you are just doing your job. I wish to let you do your job without criticizing you. I wish to forgive you. And then just get quiet and see how it feels. And then you repeat it. I wish to forgive you for how this particular thing didn't get finished today. I wish to forgive you for how this particular thing was handled. Ugh, we might not have been too graceful in how we did that. We say to that perfectionistic part, I see that the thing that you were working on today, I see that you got thrown off. I see that somebody's comment about it or somebody's look or unreturned email, I see that that threw us off today. And I'm seeing that from this outside softer perspective. And from this perspective, I wish to forgive you. You might have to start with like just the intention to forgive this part because this is you meeting up with your perfectionistic part maybe for the first time. So you might not be ready to be that soft and gentle with it. So it's just the intention. The willingness to try to do this differently, to try to approach this part differently. But by the way, it is really you that you're acknowledging and forgiving, (laughs) just so you know. It's not a part of you, but it is you and you are the part. I think you get that. But this is how you show kindness to yourself. Just through looking at this one part of your personality, this one part of your inner advisory council. And at the end of the day, when we spend so much time in the perfectionist's mind, we feel frustrated because we don't meet goals. And we, we feel like, God, it's another day I pushed myself too hard again and I'm exhausted. We might actually really be mad at that taskmaster-like quality of this perfectionistic part. And still, we're going to take a different approach. And we're just going to say, I wish to forgive you. This is you turning towards yourself, bringing awareness to this pattern of fiercely protecting yourself against feeling rejection, judgment, shame. Even if you're just setting the intention to forgive, you're taking a different approach to this part. If you want to, though, if you really want to, 
relax this part's efforts and your waking daily, everyday life. If you want to kind of unload your loaded backpack that you carry around all day with big boulders and small pebbles, it's full in that backpack. If you want to unload a little bit of the weight that this part carries around with all the goals and the tasks and the deadlines and the comparisons and the striving and the New Year's resolutions, if you want to help this part relax and learn to rest and not automatically pick that backpack back up tomorrow and then wonder why you're exhausted again when you start the day, then you stop and you reflect And you reflect with soft eyes, with the intention of kindness, by making amends with yourself, tidying up the day with yourself. I see you. I see you, perfectionistic part. If we don't do this pausing and reflecting and letting just little bits go, if we don't learn from the way that we feel, by the way, the best way to find out how you feel like in your body is to slow down and talk to yourself this way. If we skip this reflection at the end of the day and we skip the kindness and appreciation of our parts that get us through the day, if we skip this, then we will go back to only seeing the world through this perfectionistic part's eyes and being constantly reminded we're not measuring up. And if we automatically believe this part's take on things, It will eventually lead us to resisting and pushing back. And then we're in a battle with ourselves. That's no fun either. So consider this. You know when you're tired and the world is one big annoyance and everything is magnified, nothing works out, nobody's a nice person. Well, that's kind of how your perfectionist lives throughout its days. It's tired. So let's notice it. Let's slow down and let's do this forgiveness piece. Forgive yourself for wanting something unattainable. Whether that's your long ass to-do list or the thing that you're comparing yourself to. Because we have no idea what contributed to this person's success or attainment. If you want to let go a little bit. Maybe even love yourself a little bit. Maybe even move into believing there's a state of enoughness and self-worth in you. Then you're going to want to take a different approach to this perfectionist part. I once heard someone describe this type of reflection, this type of sneaky kindness and forgiveness as this. She said, you know when the trains need to leave one track and put themselves on a different track? That there's that sort of half-inch little train switch that needs to be moved, and just that little movement takes the train towards another path altogether? Well, that is this. That is this reflection, this making amends, this forgiving yourself. Okay? You're putting yourself on a different train track. It's an empathetic path that you're on when you do this forgiveness work. And believe me, every part of your inner advisory council could use some more empathy right now. So 
You got this. You're just inching that switch slightly to one side and getting used to being kind of sneaky with your kindness towards your perfectionism. All right. Be well. I see you out there, perfectionists, trying to make it work. I stand in solidarity with you and I give you this gift of forgiveness. Be well. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about me and how I work, please go to www.powertothepleasers.com. And if you want to get even more special attention, get on the mailing list. It's not fluff. It's not going to waste your time. It's always intentional and educational. So I'll see you there. Later. Later.